Welcome to this edition of Brave Hearts, where we hope to increase your awareness and understanding of what homelessness looks like and some of the many organizations working on solutions to improve the homeless crisis. We are your hosts, William Wallace and Betty Louise, and these are the Brave Hearts. You will now hear from Sumner Stewart. He is a wise young man who has quite a fascinating perspective and story. Enjoy. I ended up here the way anyone does. I mean, as like an act of inspiration. Everyone comes here, everyone experiences uh, what they will. And so it's been a journey. I mean, when I was a child growing up, I had a deep compassion for the, you know, the abandoned places, a deep compassion for, for the lost, for the unrecognized, for, for people on the streets. And so I would see someone, I would see, struggling isn't the right word, it, it denotes ignorance oftentimes, and I saw intelligent people hurting, and I had compassion for them. And so... I don't know if my my becoming houseless is really an act of desperation or if it's an act of loving the people that I saw and joining them in their life. Because the people that I saw that were hurt or beleaguered or just responding to their own human spirit and in their own human need I shared compassion with them. And so now that's me. It gets scarier and scarier seeing the way that the world goes. Not the way of my own personal life, not, you know, of course those things have, you know, the misery or the commiseration, but what's become scary to me is that nearly everyone I know has housing insecurity, which is an insecurity of land, it's an insecurity of privacy, it's an insecurity of hope, it's an insecurity of food, and because if you don't have the land, then you can't grow the food, well, if you have to go to the market to get the food, it's, it's a lot of insecurity, and so I'm grateful. I, I ended up here because I have gratitude, and, uh, and that gratitude carries me. How and it, long have you been living this day? The, I've been, I have been living homeless for I would say all of my life which is silly because it comes down to the metaphor of where was my home was my home where my heart was and where was my heart and the house that I grew up in didn't always have my heart it didn't always have my best interests and because of a traumatic brain injury that I suffered I couldn't recognize the emotions and therefore the heart of the people around me. We communicate through our body and our brain facilitates the understanding of those those cues, those signals. And my brain with the injury that I have didn't help with that. And so my entire life I have not had home because my entire life I have not identified with some of the most characteristic emotions that are held within the body. But the being without a roof over my head 
or you know stucco walls um, being without a roof over my head has been about a four-year period and um, I'm wondering whether being out in yeah. nature is allowing you to tune into what's right for you and be able to connect with good people my being out in nature has helped me connect but it hasn't helped me really connect with people my being out in nature has helped me connect with nature and that's a very different it's a very different substance it's a very different form it never rests but it's always resting never sleeps but it's always sleeping and whatever i know about it it knows about me and so i live by that i live by that restriction being homeless being linked to not connecting with people is is pretty real being that I can't recognize facial expressions, I don't connect with people ever. And you know, a part of my um, being homeless is in not having a family to retreat to or to return to or have the support of, is that my family, there, no one in my family is a professional or trained physician, psychologist, psychiatrist, um, social worker. None of them have the skill set or the education, not even an inkling of an education in the area of mental psychology. And they've insisted on diagnosing me with mental disorders for characteristic behavior that has plagued me since my traumatic brain injury at four years old. And so I don't connect with them because they believe that I have personality disorders where I actually have brain disorder. It's actually an injury, and it's been told to me three dozen times or more, you know, just ever so often. You know, you used to smile in pictures until the age of four, and then you stopped smiling. And that was right about the time that I had my brain injury. And so I stopped smiling. I, I lost I mean, the ability to, oh, I'm checking in with myself, oh, I'm checking in with the other. I can see their motivation. You know, even as a child, having that capacity, oftentimes you're like, oh, well, you know, you don't really become an adult until you become an adult. Well, right now, I'm childish. I am at the nature of being a child because I only have the development up to that point and possibly no further. Or some negative, very negative, and other uh, abuse that came from not being able to respond correctly. So, do you know what your wants and needs are right now? It's not likely. I mean, I might want to drink something, I might want to or feel the need for or be attracted to or make a decision upon, but I don't know if that's the right thing. And I don't know if other people are able to do it any better, but for me, wants and needs gets into uh, a very abstract realm and a lot of hypothecation, hypothesizing, living in hypotheticals. And so it's like, oftentimes it's like, you know, you want to live the dream or you want to, you know, be awake, be present, or you want to be absent. Like people want all sorts of things or they want to be real or they want 
illusion? I don't know if you like, oh, I want this illusion, because, like, that, like, has a part of it is, like, the inability to comprehend reality or the inability to make true sense of things. Um, is there anything concrete you want? Do I want concrete? Like, um, stuff. Uh, you know, you don't have much stuff either. Uh, like, concrete, I mean, do I have to take it with me? Yeah. Do I have to, you know... Do I have to hold on to it? Do I have to report it to the government? <laughs> Do I have to, you know? It's a whole different thought pattern. Oh yeah, well, like, material structure, like, what do I have to do with it? There are, you know, of course they're like, oh, be creative, oh, be innovative. Uh, but the part of the executive function is the ability to be creative and imaginative. And so I'm not very creative or imaginative. What would you like people to know about what it's, what this experience is like. What I would like people to know about the experience of homelessness, of surviving, of being at the mercy and forgiveness and compassion of everyone is that it's it's electrifying. It's like skydiving every day. It's unexpected. It's not what others would have for you. Thank you for joining us today. Our hope is this segment has opened your heart and mind. Be well and be kind. This project was made possible with support from California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Please visit calhum.org.